Good morning and welcome to another episode of Motherhood on Mondays with me, your host, Jessica Olsum. Good morning, guys. Happy Monday. How are you guys doing this lovely Monday? I hope that you guys are having a great week wherever you are at today. I just hope that you guys are enjoying the last couple bits of your summer, depending when I post this. We'll see. I've got a couple of weeks planned out here that I have some really good posts coming up for you guys. But today's podcast is a little bit different because I know that I've released quite a few podcasts by this point. I have already done 13 podcasts and I probably have quite a few more in my queue that are just lined up ready to go for the upcoming weeks. And it's crazy to me that we have gone 13 episodes already. But today I wanted to do something a little different. And today I want to share more about myself. And I know I've talked on here about how I walk through my motherhood. And how I believe in Christ and how I'm a Christian. And today I wanted to share with you guys my testimony story. And something that I think is really interesting about testimonies is I feel like you don't really hear them that often these days. I know people, of course, are telling their testimonies and like the ministries that they're in and they're out there. But I just feel like I haven't like been walking. You don't ever like walk around and then like ask someone to tell you like their testimony. I feel like you always are generally in like a church setting or, you know, I don't know, out for coffee maybe with a girlfriend. And if you guys are my closest friends, I wanted to share my deepest parts of my life with you guys. So today I am going to be sharing my testimony of how I received Christ into my heart and this is just a deep look into my life. So let's jump into my testimony story. So my testimony, guys. I First of all, um, when you tell your t- testimony, this is something that's very personal. And I'm always very open about my testimony. But my testimony involves a story that also involves other people in my life. And I know that there is a good possibility that there are people that could be listening to this podcast that know me personally. And if you know me personally and you're part of my story, obviously this is something that's very personal. But if you hear, you know, me talk about people in my podcast, I always like to kind of just do this like preface of saying like anything I talk about here, I want to fully disclose that. Even if I'm talking about something that maybe is sad or something that was really hard for me to experience, everyone that is a part of my testimony story, like uh, by the grace of God, I am like I am have fully forgiven any any past traumatic experiences I have had. And so, if you're someone that's listening to this that is really close to me, um, and you're a part of my testimony story. I just first of all want to say like praise be to God for his goodness and mercy over our lives and um, just know that whatever part you play in my testimony whether you're listening to this and you're feeling like maybe I'm sharing a lot from my personal side of things I just want to say all the glory goes to God I have no hard feelings towards anyone for my story I fully recognize that God is sovereign and God used every single moment of my 
a life for his glory and so uh, I wanted to kind of get that out of the way I know that maybe some people that I'm closer to maybe might be listening to this and I just wanted to fully just release anyone that's listening to this maybe that's closely related to me that might be feeling like oh no she might mention me please know that all is forgiven the past is the past so okay my testimony story so my testimony story starts with my parents and because my testimony kind of stems from growing up in a Christian household. And not everyone grows up in a Christian household. And I was very fortunate to grow up in a family that was a Christian household. That being said, my family was not perfect. And I want to kind of give some backstory of my parents. Because my parents play a huge role in my testimony story. So my mom and dad grew up in California. So my dad grew up. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory of both of my parents because it kind of leads into my testimony as well because my whole life came from, you know, my parents and their story matters to my story. So my dad grew up in Chicago, Illinois, and he grew up with a dad and a mom and his dad was a abusive father and so my dad grew up where around the time that he was eight years old that his uh, the government actually told my parents that my dad my dad's parents that they had to separate or they were going to take his siblings away his dad was very physically abusive to them and it just was not a good situation so at a young age my dad and his um his parents ended up divorcing separating and my dad moved with his family to california my mom grew up in a catholic household that was very kind of like strictly regimented and my mom grew up with a dad that had an alcohol addiction and was always drinking and she grew up with a mom that was always very paranoid of pleasing her dad and they grew up she grew up in a household where children were to be seen and not heard and so both of my parents grew up with a lot of baggage and a lot of really traumatic experiences and so my dad grew up drinking partying and doing drugs and my mom grew up in a household that was very much tiptoe around the dad didn't have much of a deep relationship with her parents and they kind of it was all about like status and this is what you do and just stuff that was very unhealthy for both of them my dad was radically saved at 20 years old 2021 he had a friend named kelly brown who i thank the lord for he played such a huge role in my dad um, receiving his salvation on the top of a mountaintop my dad had a very radical salvation story where he was radically delivered from drugs and alcohol and so that was a huge radical deliverance for my dad and then my mom in her 20s as well converted to christianity now i don't know a ton about my mom's personal story um just because my mom um we'll we'll talk more about that later but my mom is kind of private and i'll talk more about that later so my mom and my dad met at church and they ended up dating doing dirt bites and they ended up getting married after they had um faltered in their walk in their relationship and they wanted to honor god in in honoring him and making um repenting of their sin and so they got married that was how they um walked out um fixing and um repenting from faltering in their personal relationship and not honoring god so they ended up getting married and my parents had a very difficult marriage very early on 
they both came from very broken families and they had a very uh, broken marriage and they were very young Christians. So they were trying to figure it out as it was going. And then early on in the marriage, they actually came up to Washington to do a church plant with a pastor friend of theirs and they liked Washington State where I live now so much they decided to move here and so my parents very early on had a very turbulent marriage moved up here to Washington and my mom had gotten pregnant and when my mom had gotten pregnant with my older sister because um, my mom had a lot of baggage she brought into their marriage and so my mom had quite a few moods mood swings and when they got married they went on birth control and if you know anything about birth control you know that birth control is just horrible for your body it sucks your body from the nutrients and we're talking like early 80s here early ages of birth controls and it just was not good for their marriage their relationship caused a lot of other baggage for them and so when she got married pregnant with my older sister Jennifer that was a very hard time for them my mom really struggled with postpartum and anxiety didn't really know what to do with the baby because she grew up in a family that she didn't get to do any of that stuff didn't grow up in a nurturing family so my mom didn't know how to mother my dad also didn't really know how to be a dad because my dad didn't have a dad so if you can imagine I'm kind of setting you guys up for this stage Uh, my parents had a shaky relationship and they had um, young faith and they moved up here where they didn't know anyone they were planting a church and so my parents had a very kind of very difficult marriage not smooth a lot of arguing a lot of big explosive fights of where my mom would have these anger outbursts and so after my mom had my sister jennifer she eventually kind of adjusted to that and they decided they want to have a second and they decided that they were going to try for a second baby and that second baby was me and everyone told it took my parents a while actually to get pregnant with me it took them like three years. It not re- I, They weren't trying right, right away after my older sister was born. But once they did try and get pregnant with me, it took them a while. And everyone told my parents that I was going to be a boy. They had people like prophesy over me that I was going to be a boy. They had people tell them multiple times, oh, you're carrying like a boy. It's going to be a boy. And back in those days, you didn't really have ultrasounds. In the 90s, it wasn't something you did. And so imagine to my parents' surprise when they... Uh, My mom delivered me and they said, it's a healthy baby girl. And this is a story my dad has told me thousands of times, but it's like a story around my birth. In my dad's head, my dad thought, oh no, it's a girl. And not in like a way of like sad that I was, he was happy I was a girl, but he was like, oh no, my wife's not going to want, like, what if Carol doesn't want to have a a third baby? What if she's disappointed? And he said in that moment, he felt God like withdraw from him. Like, like God was disgusted with him or like repelled. And my dad felt like sick to some stomach that we think those things. And he said, in that moment, God said, she's going to be just like you and like this is me quoting my dad's story and my dad said he like had you know he wanted to like what you know when you like point your finger in your mouth you're like gagging like like oh god i wish i could take that back 
And then he said God instantly flooded him with all this like love for me and he just adored me. And it was just such a blessing to have another girl. So I grew up in a marriage of where my parents had kind of this rough marriage. There was a lot of misunderstanding. They both grew up from very different backgrounds. And they also grew up in a time where like therapy and counseling was so much different than what it was now. There, It was just a totally different sphere in the 90s. You know, I think to now we're in 2022. You have all these amazing resources to help couples and marriage and also there's so much less stigma for women that are suffering from anxiety and postpartum depression my dad had no idea about those things there wasn't this easy resource of getting on the internet to talk about those things and so for my mom she was often trapped at home with her kids and she was struggling and she had a marriage relationship where communication wasn't great they're both very different people and they were living out consequences of getting married young, of being young Christians, and just a lot of different things that happen in marriage when you're learning how to communicate. And whereas in today's age, it's very normal to get, you know, premarital counseling. It's very normal to, uh, you know, go to counseling and seek healing for those um, traumatic things of your past. Neither of my parents really had that same opportunity that a lot of us people have today. And so most of my childhood was pretty, pretty rough. I did not have a great childhood and my parents tried their best. And I will tell, I'll, I will talk about my past and how rough it was and how hard my childhood was. But in saying all these experience, all the glory goes to God because God was sovereign over my situation and my childhood. And I'll explain more on that later. So I grew up in a very, very rough childhood where my parents were constantly arguing, fighting. My mom was very um, angry. She would have a lot of angry outbursts. That being said, I want to preface this with postpartum anxiety and depression. She did not have the help or the resources she needed. My dad didn't know how to help her. The resources were not there for women. You were just expected to be in your home. There wasn't mom's groups besides like La Leche League. There wasn't like, you know, going to the mall. You know, my parents were really tight on money. And so my mom's motherhood experience, I've talked about this in other podcasts. It was rough. It was really rough. I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. And a lot of that is simply because it was a survival period for me. A lot of it was just surviving the things that were going on, seeing my parents fight, um, a lot of really traumatic, just like things that growing up way too fast as a young kid of where I had a lot of parenting responsibilities put on me. And for me, I started acting out at a really young age, probably around five or six. I really started um, my <laughs> seeking out any attention I could get. And you, we know this now, that kids will respond to whatever attention they get, whether it's negative or positive. And whatever is going to get them attention, they will seek that out. And so for me, I got attention negatively by doing things that I shouldn't have done. I was very angry. I was full of anger. I was full of bitterness as a very, very young child. And I was mean. I was spiteful. And I acted out my anger for my situation on my siblings. I would hit them. I would be mean to them. I would say horrible, horrible things. And at around six years old, I would like 
punch and like hit just like my siblings would say I was like a literal demon child none of them liked me I was awful to them I was not nice I was very quick to snap on them and um just at six years old like just this angry little girl so angry at her situation and when I was around six years old my mom put me in ballet and at home home life was not great but I loved dancing God put this love of dancing in my heart from a young young age and I loved dancing and ballet and so I would go to dance class and I was so serious about it I would go I would be obviously my form wasn't great but to me as a six-year-old I was so serious about dancing and so I did ballet for a couple of years and during this time I also remember just feeling like I had no control over my life. And so I was dancing for a long time and I had no control over in my life. Yet at this time we were still, we would go to church every week. We'd do Sunday school every week. I knew a lot about Jesus from going to Sunday school and seeing these things and talking about Jesus. My dad would always talk about Jesus. Yet I had parents that had a very, like a very rough marriage. And so, um, you know, being at home with my mom, there was a lot of things that would happen that were emotionally really damaging to me or my mom would, you know, physically lose it. And so I have memories of us like hiding under the bed, memories of, you know, hiding behind the couch when my mom would get like angry and just really not feeling like home was like a safe place. So around that time I was going to Sunday school as well and so every week I would go to Sunday school and I really liked Sunday school because our church's Sunday school was really cool my dad volunteered in it and it was just a really great Sunday school like setup that the church had at the time and I remember seeing this one woman there and I heard about Jesus I heard it talked about and in in my head I was like if God is so good why is my situation so bad that was a constant theme for me as a child if god is so good why is my situation so bad why can my mom talk about loving god and then turn around and do these things you know that are not kind and doing you know not understanding as a child what your mom is going through is very hard and obviously it's not your job as a child to understand what your mom is going through but now as a mom I understand that my mom was going through growing and now that I'm a mom I understand that because I go through similar situation with my kids I'm like oh I understand my mom but there was this woman that I saw every week at Bible study, not Bible study, sorry, Sunday school. And her name was Mary and she had a couple of kids. I still remember Mary to this day. And I wish that I could have told Mary the impact she had on my life because I just really, really was drawn to her. And so I, it's funny how you remember yourself. Like for me, I remember my like salvation story so well. And I had heard the story of Jesus and salvation And there had been, they had done this skit on the stage of where there was a man on stage and they like dressed up in surgery gear and my dad and his buddy were doing this skit and I can't remember who was on the table, but the 
the guy was doing surgery on the guy and he was talking about how Jesus, how we had these hearts and he did this surgery on this guy and he pulled out this heart that the guy had and he pulled out a rock. So obviously this visual, he's like doing heart surgery, you know, on this table for Sunday school and all the chairs in the room were painted like different colors. So I remember like the purple lavender chairs I was kind of at and um, seeing this volunteer Mary every week, she, I would just see her and she had, there was something different about Mary and I always admired her and I just thought she like, oh, like she, I could tell that she had Jesus in her life and I could tell the difference. And so when they were doing this skit up there, they were talking about how God, when we accept Jesus into our lives to change our lives, God takes our hearts that are hard as rocks, how we have these hard hearts and how only Jesus can take our hearts and give us real hearts. And he had like a, you know, I think he had like knee or like a fake heart or something. And he showed us how in the surgery as this little eight-year-old girl and that he, God did surgery and took out the rock heart and gave this guy a, a, a beating live heart that could have a relationship with Jesus that was changed by Jesus, this soft heart. And I remember finding a chair and being like, I I want that. Like, I want what Mary has. And I went to a little chair and I remember praying this prayer and asking Jesus in some effect to uh, come into my life. And so that was like the moment. That was like my moment for me sitting in a Sunday school room. I didn't go to like any adults. I don't think I really told anyone. To this day, I don't even know if I've really told my parents my full salvation story. But I said that prayer and asked God to come into my life and my life was changed and I can't really remember like radically but I just remember um that was that moment for me and I think that you know at eight years old like I wanted to live for God and I wanted to serve God and so life wasn't easy after that I feel like that's a lot of our like thoughts that we're going to accept Jesus into our lives and we're going to be changed that we're going to like automatically have these easy lives but I didn't I really, really struggled at home still. Life at home was still very hard. There was a lot of experiences between my parents. I was constantly arguing. And on top of that, our home was very, very dirty. Um, Not like hoarder level status, but always dirty. There was always boxes of things everywhere. There was always clutter. And that was also another point of contention where my parents would argue for my mom to like, she needed to get rid of things. And it was a huge point of contention. And just like all the damage and trauma that neither my parents had healed or tried to walk out just was continued to go on because there was no healing and there was bitterness on both sides of my parents' relationship. And um, I had a dad who was very, uh, a lot stronger in his walk with God. And I had a mom that was struggling with a lot of things that she had brought into their marriage as well that she hadn't received healing over. And so life wasn't easy after that. And I was still very mean to my siblings. I was trying really hard to fix who I had become. I was trying to stop lying. I was trying to stop cheating. I was trying to stop stealing candy, you know, money, whatever, the things I was doing beforehand. I was trying to live a life for Christ. And it was very hard. I was still wanting to dance. I was doing gymnastics too at the time because I was a very physically active child. And I was trying to live for Jesus. But I was also in a child's way, very, very depressed and sad and trying 
mentally did not have the capacity to understand the things, all the things that were at play. And so I fell into, um, an eating disorder and it wasn't necessarily me being like, Oh, I'm going to be anorexic because that'll show you. But it was, um, me wanting to control whatever I could control and hurt my parents. And so for me, I couldn't control my life or my situation. Um, but to me, I could control what I ate. And so I just would not eat food. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't, I refused to eat. I basically went on like a hunger strike. And I was like, I'm just going to like starve myself essentially. And I wouldn't eat. I'd like sneak out at like nighttime and eat like a piece of bread. And I was really, really skinny, bone, bone skinny, like so, 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 so skinny. Like I'm already a petite person. And I just, I honestly can't say how long that lasted. Like, because we really did not have a ton of formal meals anyways. So it was kind of like fend for yourself as it was. Like there were, like we, my parents tried to do formal meals, but just did not work out a lot of the time. So it was kind of like, you got cereal for breakfast. I don't really know what we, so there'd be a lot of times of like where we just want to eat or like our, you know, we'd go long amounts of times. Nothing was structured, nothing was organized. And I just, that was what I was doing. I would not eat. And I just remember being like young between like elementary school and like prior to middle school, just not eating. And my mom would like scream and yell at me. And she's like, you need to eat. You're going to starve to death. And I was like, I don't care. And, um, my mom was also like homeschooling us through this. So there really wasn't for us. Like we, we felt like a lot of times I felt trapped. There was no escape. There was no like leaving. So like going to church and going to like youth events, that was really the thing I did. But my mom would pull us in and out of school to like homeschool us, not homeschool us. And so there was like not really an escape and lots of moments of like screaming and yelling. I would lock myself in the bathroom and my mom would like burst in just, you know, I'm painting this image of like just a very, very, um, unfortunate childhood and so I stopped eating I refused to eat and she would take me to like nutritionists and doctors and I basically just refused to eat I was very very skinny and on top of that I was also um I probably should have started this whole episode with a trigger warning I'll have to add, add a note into the beginning of this message um I also was suicidal and I just wanted to die I did not want to live and I remember trying to run away multiple times to like the backyard or, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to run away. Or there's um, times that like I would go, I would go get a very sharp kitchen knife from the kitchen and like dare myself to just do it. And I'm not going to go into details about that. I obviously don't want to talk about like super detailed, but there's multiple times that I just wanted to end it all. And I would like go through things but I couldn't because I was like that is selfish I can't do that to my siblings I can't leave my siblings and so throughout this time my parents were still having a lot of kids um so by this point I had like six or seven siblings after me my mom had another sister and then my mom had twins and then my sister Sarah so there was six girls and then my parents had three boys at the end and it was just all very you know I could tell you so many different examples of just like like horrible things that were just happening throughout my childhood you know I was depressed I was mean I was angry you know I had accepted Christ but life was still very hard and I didn't really know I didn't like I would read my Bible occasionally but most of my like Jesus time was coming from going to church 
And I definitely had a strong heart of wanting to obey Christ and follow God. I just was also so overwhelmed by the situation that I was in. So I got into middle school and my mom put me back into middle school and I learned that I was actually really good at running. I was very athletic, I was very quick, and I was actually one of the fastest like girls in my school. And so being in middle school was a good relief for me, but I also was very um, shy. And I think that really surprises people because like, oh, you're so outgoing. Like you talk all the time, you have a podcast, like you must be really outgoing, but I'm actually pretty shy. My natural default is shy. I'm not necessarily super outgoing. And the reason why I'm outgoing now or I can force myself out of that box is because I had no friends going into middle school. My mom was like, if you want to make friends, you have to be social. And so I forced myself out of that shell. Turns out I was a little bit funny. And so I made friends by being funny and I was really athletic. And so I was on the cross country team and I did really, really well. I was some of the fastest girls in the district, got into high school and, um, I was really, really interested in um, missions. And so when I was 14 or 15, um, my church went to Acquire the Fire. And if you don't know what Acquire the Fire is, you probably didn't grow up in the 90s. But Acquire the Fire was an event that was put on. There was a big Christian event of where you'd go and they would have speakers that would preach about God. Like you'd go with your youth groups and you'd stay in this hotel. It was a wild weekend of like going to listen to sermons and listen to popular Christian bands. And I went to Acquire the Fire and they had this thing called uh, Teens for Christ that I think put it on. And um, there was this guy named Ron Luce who did... uh, I can't remember what it's called, but if you were part of this, you'll know what I'm talking about. His name was Ron Luce. He did like mania. He did mission trips basically. And I heard about these mission trips and I really wanted to go. And so I was able to convince my mom to let me go to Mexico. And so I went to Mexico for a week and it was a really, really impactful week for me as a 14, 15 year old going into high school. I got to go and experience a third world country and something I always say to so many people is I feel like parents should send their kids to a third world country not because it's safe it definitely is not safe definitely if you're going to send them on a mission trip send them in like a safe setting uh of course and obviously I feel like sometimes mission trips are more about like it how much it like affects like the students them going and seeing but I just remember going and we were building a house and to be honest I'm sure I really didn't do a ton of evangelizing because I like had brought in clothes to like donate and we were building this house for this family and we'd walk around and try and talk to people in the like area and we had like a translator who would translate for us and so we were like preaching to people and I remember God really showing up to me on that mission trip and basically kind of rededicating my life to Christ on that mission trip so I had gone through that like childhood and I've gone on this mission trip and I remember being like God if you want me to dedicate my life to missions I will do that because I had felt like God, are you calling me to this? Like, I will give up everything if this is what you want me to do. And so I kind of surrendered to God saying, like, if this is what you want me to do, missions, like, I will be a missionary. And so that week was a huge kind of rededicating my life and kind of becoming serious about it again. And then I came home and I actually made the decision to get baptized because 
I, I wanted to, sh I wanted to show the world that I was serious about following God, that I was serious about living my life out for him and my salvation story. And so I got baptized and it was a really, really like amazing moment in my walk with God of dedicating and taking that step in baptism to get baptized. And so after that, I was entering high school and I like life was still the same, still kind of same things happening, really kind of difficult home life. And I was still doing sports and I was, I dedicated my high school years to serving God. I said, God, I don't want to get distracted by dating. I don't want to get distracted by boys. I just want to use these next four years to serve you, God. And so I made a commitment to not date in high school. And um, so that was that was something that I did. I also had a purity ring. I feel like that was like a popular time for purity rings, which I took very seriously. And so in high school, I just was trying to live for God, going to youth events, church. Life at home was still very hard. Lots of struggles there, but living for God, you know, and that was a kind of the years of like, high school years I ran cross country was very athletically inclined went to state every year was very good at running but my home life really made sports difficult and I burned out really fast and by my last two years of high school instead of being what could have been this like amazing runner running for the glory of God I had burnt out and I had no strength left on my own and I'm really sad that I didn't end like high school on like a better note um like with sports because I had gotten some letters from colleges but I was so burnt out of running by that point and just life and like emotionally trying to be this like adult and this child that mentally could not under understand and also having parents that did not help me figure out college or what to do next constantly constantly being told that we were too poor we would never amount to anything I basically just didn't really do anything. I flunk, ended up flunking a bunch of classes. Um, I had to take a math class twice my senior year because I ended up failing like the math wassail in my state and they didn't tell me. So I had a lot of stress in high school of just, just having different issues with teachers. Not like where I was like bad or anything. I was not a bad student. I was very kind. People really liked me. But just like I was so stressed out by my home life that that really affected my grades. And I was definitely that student that you probably looked at and you're like, she's struggling because of like her home life. Like she would be doing so much better if she had a safe, secure um, home life. And so high school was hard for me. And honestly, high school was a really, really bad experience for me. I decided to do another mission trip my uh, sophomore year of high school. And I also tried out for the cheerleading team. And I didn't really, I honestly didn't care a ton about cheerleading, but my older sister did cheerleading. So I like felt this need to like fit in and do what my older sister was doing because of like my, my last name, like, hat carried like oh there's a lot of you know you know jay hoffs like my last name used to be different obviously so like our nicknames were like a hoff jay hoff because that was my first initial my last kind of name and so I felt this pressure to do the things my older sister was doing. My older sister was really popular and I could care less about popularity or those things because I'm like, I'm living for God. I don't care about that. But I also just never really fit in with any group of kids because I kind of was just like off doing my own thing. I was like this goofy kid that didn't care about popularity. You could tell 
that like I struggled everyone in my grade did really good with their grades and I just was a kid that was struggling through high school so my sophomore year I tried out for the cheerleading team and I made it because I was very good at gymnastics I was like into tumbling and I could do all these gymnastics tricks I could fly and I went to Costa Rica for a month instead and that was absolutely the right call a month away in Costa Rica was an amazing experience I remember feeling so close to God on that trip and we did a lot of like drama uh, performances for different churches, literally hiking through like this tropical Costa Rican forest. I had so many God moments there and I came back and that was basically the year that like high school ended up really just sucking the rest of that time. And so I came back and the coach, the cheer coach for some reason had something against me or my family or my I don't even know. I'll never know to this day. But she was like, you chose to go on a mission trip instead of cheer camp. So you can't fly because you didn't take safety classes. I basically had a consequence for choosing to not go to cheer camp and bond with the rest of students. Which is just like, as an adult, like, because now that I'm thinking back and not looking at this adult, I'm like, what is that coach's problem? Like, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, it's 12, 14 years later. But I'm like, "Mm, what is with people? My mom had tried to talk to the coach tried to make it right the lady just was like nope and that same year I underwent a lot of bullying from personal people I knew that were just did not like me I had this like ability to make friends with these girls and I had best friends in high school that like everyone else wanted to be friends with but somehow I ended up being friends like I would befriend the new students and then I would be best friends with these students and then eventually they would leave me to be friends with the more popular kids because they were more prettier than me or like the new student we had had a couple of friendships like that like where there'd be a homeschooler that would come and go to the school that I went to so I'd befriend these homeschoolers because I was homeschooled and we'd be these best friends we'd be inseparable until eventually they'd get pulled away by popularity or whatever and so my sophomore year I ended up getting bullied a lot by personal people I knew that wanted to just make my life miserable and then I had a friendship fall apart all over me lying and so if you've ever grown up in a really like hard family life you can kind of probably understand this of where you don't want people to know about your home life you're really insecure about it and you also just want to paint this life that isn't broken and so um I really got into this habit of telling like white lies all the time that just like were pointless white lies that like literally made zero sense but just to like spice up my weekend or like I to like you know make my life seem perfect and not broken I would tell these like lies and I had this friend and I had sprained my ankle um, doing that like cheerleading talent show. And I had told this friend that I'd gone to the doctor to get my ankle checked out. And this person that this other person that knows me said, no, she didn't. And was like, oh, yeah, Jessica lies all the time. And basically what ended up happening was I had a big falling out with a friend in high school. And I was ostracized from basically like everyone. <laughs> and so I would just I would eat. I would eat lunch at the same table, but, like, none of the people at the table would really talk to me. And, like, I would just, like, get up, eat my food, I'd eat it in the bathroom. Or I would walk around the school by myself, or I'd sit in the bathroom by myself, or in the locker room by myself. And it was just, it just sucked. It just sucked. I hope no one ever has to go through that experience. And it sucked. It was really bad. 
Yeah, through all of this, like looking back, I can see God's hand in everything in my life. And I can see God's hand going through those really hard seasons of basically just junior year and sophomore year sucking. I didn't really have friends. I had a couple friends that were like people I would just hang out with. I would like hang out with anyone. But they all kind of everyone had like their close, close friends. And then I just basically had no one. And it just sucked. I was just bullied. And then no one wanted to like talk to me and people could tell I didn't come from a good family and so basically I just didn't really have a ton of friends in high school and it was really sad and I was really glad when I graduated I had church friends throughout this whole time um so I had church friends and that was fine but there were we all came from very damaged not damaged I shouldn't say damaged but we all came from rough childhoods we all had parents that had like rough stories so just a rough <laughs> rough group of kids and so I graduated high school finally barely and it was all done and over with. And at that time, during my senior year, I had like a brief blip of where I had a really close guy friend from church. And we were more just like best friends, but I had a bunch of friends that's like, you're basically dating, you should just date. And it's kind of funny looking back because I told like the guy, like, you have to ask my dad if you can date me. Like, this would be like courting, you know, very typical like homeschool, very serious about dating things. And so I had a brief blip of where I um, dated someone from my church. Hold up. Wait a second, guys. I want to tell you guys some awesome features that makes Anchor one of the best platforms for launching your podcast. If you've ever thought about launching a podcast like I did, maybe you've looked at different platforms and the first thing you'll notice about a lot of the different platforms is they're really, really confusing, but Anchor makes it so, so easy with all of your editing tools, like editing your audio, putting in music, and even video tools that can make your podcast unique to you and make it pop. So if you're looking to start your own podcast, I highly suggest trying out Anchor, signing up today for free, and start your podcast. It's just that easy. Start and sign up today. So yeah, that was a whole nother story of... I wasn't going to date in high school, and then I ended up dating a guy for about, like, a month. And in all honesty, when you look back to those years of where you're, like, 18 and just starting out, it really wasn't a serious relationship, but I'd never been in a relationship before. And all my friends were like, you're basically dating anyways, you might as well just make it official. So I had a short blip on the very edge of like my high school of where I dated someone for a brief month, broke it off. I was like, I can't do this. And I'm so glad I did because it was not God's plan for my life at the time. And then I graduated and I didn't honestly know what to do with my life after I graduated because I didn't apply for any colleges. I didn't really have any plans for my life. And I didn't really know what to do. My parents had never been like, oh, here are some avenues. And they certainly weren't helping me kind of figure out what God's calling was for my life. Um, So I was having a lot of arguments with my dad. My dad was uh, upset that I was disrespectful to him and his house. And eventually my mom told me, you need to get a job. And so I was driving, my mom was driving me past a TJ Maxx one day. And I was like, I saw a hiring sign and I applied for a job. And I started working at TJ Maxx 
And this whole time, I didn't have my license yet. I was this young, fresh girl out of high school who was a uh, fast worker that wanted to work hard, that was very quick. And I quickly worked my way kind of through being trained throughout the whole store. I told them I'd come in anytime they needed me. And I'd walk to work at like 5 a.m. in the morning um, down like the city streets, which now I would never do um, the local town that I grew up in. Now I would never ever in a million years tell a young girl to walk to work at 5 a.m. in the morning. So, so incredibly dangerous. And so I started working at this job and I was kicked out of my house. Not really kicked out, more so like, you're disrespectful. You need to move out. I ended up moving out with my older sister and I was working this job, not really doing much. And I kind of fell out of going to church. I was doing that whole teenage thing of where I finally had freedom over my life. My parents weren't at my house. All I really needed to do was pay my minor bills. And so I would spend a ton of money. I'd go out with my friends and just have fun. But then I'd sleep in on Sundays and not really go to church. Eventually, One of my friends was like, you need to be going to church. Come to church with me. And she brought me to a local church she was going to. And by this time, like, I had never been that girl that had, like, a ton of boys really interested in her. I was kind of that Christian girl that was, like, loud and intimidating. I was very sure of myself. Like, knew what I wanted. I wasn't going to compromise my standards for, like, a boy. And so I really just, during that time, really didn't have, like, a ton of, like, dating experiences besides that small blip and my friend brought me to church and I was I was really enjoying it and so I ended up finding a new church that was different from the home church that I grew up in I kind of ended up uh having drama with my old friends from my old church and I kind of walked away from that like group of people and that church life that I grew up in that my parents had had raised me in because I'm like I'm done with this I'm working a job. I'm an adult now. Now I'm going to this church. And one day I had a friend that was like, you need to be volunteering. You need to be serving in church. I'm going to bring you to this like college event with me and we're going to serve here. And she kind of like dragged me to this church event called Ecclesia. And I really liked it. It was super fun. It was a college age group of kids that was putting on like this Bible study. And so I'd go and like set up with my friend and she kind of just like brought me and I kind of just went with whoever had connections with a car because I still did not drive. And I was like 19 at the time. And I was sitting up at this Bible study and I remember walking in one weekend, I was walking up to the steps of this church building and I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to meet my future spouse. And I, I'm not the type of person that God really speaks audibly to. Like I don't hear his voice super often. God speaks to me in like a lot of different ways, but I remember him saying to me to this day, like not audibly, but in my head, I very clearly heard be patient. So I walked in and I kind of remember seeing this guy off in the distance, not really thinking too much about it. But then the next weekend we come and we set up and I'm setting up the Bibles and like the candles because it was a really moody kind of setting. It was like dark and in this like big dance hall. And this guy walked up to me and said, hi, my name is Thomas. And this was like, it was like this 
kind of instant moment of where like things just like clicked and I don't believe in love at first sight but I do believe in like God appointed like meetings and I think that it was 100% God that led me and Thomas to meet and so we set up that day and we um you know got all set up and then we walked to go get food and I was really like strapped for cash at this time but I was so intrigued by this boy. He was so different than any other boy I'd ever met. He was at church. Like, he was setting up by himself. And, like, for me, I find that it's, like, I always tell women, like, find a man that's coming to church by themselves. Not because, not to be, like, creepy. But if a, a guy is going to church and he's not, like, being dragged there necessarily, like, they can always be, like, a decent sign that they are coming and then you know they're trying to pursue God and so I just wanted to talk with this guy named Thomas the whole time and we're walking down and there's like this other guy too that was also trying to talk to me which is so weird because I've never really had a situation where I've like two guys kind of trying to get my attention and I was just not interested in the other guy and I just remember thinking in my head this guy is so weird I love it and in my head thinking in that first meeting like I need to marry this guy he is so weird and that was a meeting of me meeting my husband and um, definitely such a fun time in our lives we ended up uh, hanging out the next weekend at a Tupperware party and it was just a lot of fun Thomas came from a strong family And I had this list of things I had told God that I had really wanted in a husband. I really wanted a husband that was strong in his faith. I really wanted a husband that had a strong family. And God 100% delivered on those desires of my heart. And so Thomas and I started dating. And we ended up dating for two years and it it was a really good time for us just to get to know each other. We took our time to get to know our families. And in that time, I was really challenged to grow my faith because I grew up in a non-denominational church. I didn't really know a lot about my faith. I didn't know a lot about really what I believed because in a lot of non-denominations face, not all non-denomination is this way, but I'd grown up in a really like vague definition of what we believed what was it and Thomas grew up with a solid Christian foundation of of a church and a family and a community and he really challenged me during that time and that encouraged a huge amount of growth in me now I brought a lot of baggage into our, our relationship from my past and I had to work through that in our relationship so those years of us dating was a huge test for me growth wise not only learning how to date and communicate because my version of communicating was seeing <laughs> uh, Benjamin wants to say hi my version of communicating was yelling and arguing and then just leaving and being done and not fixing anything so I had to learn how to communicate and so It was a beautiful time. It was such a fun time of our lives dating, God growing both of us, but also learning boundaries in a physical relationship that like I had never struggled with before. I had never had issues with boundaries when it came to boys. And suddenly there was this cute boy that I was like so interested in. I was like, oh, actually, like 
I like hugging you. Like, oh, like I really do want to kiss you. And so for us, that was a really big struggle in our relationship was honoring God with our boundaries. And it was definitely a struggle that we constantly had to be on top of for us. I am a very physical person and I did not even realize that until I met Thomas. And you realize that God creates these things for marriage and they are a blessing. But for us, that was something that was a daily fight for us until the day we got married. By the grace of God, we made it to our wedding day. We honored God and we were able to get married and enter into marriage both with our purity. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful God honoring wedding. That was so much fun. All my families came together. It was such a fun day of celebrating and just such a great time for us. But then we got married and we're learning how to be married. And that also was a huge stretching time for us as well. I wasn't used to suddenly having someone I was attached to. I only had the example of like my parents and my parents had a very much like we argue. This is what we do. I was very headstrong and I would kind of go off and do whatever I wanted. And I was still living in singleness and it was really hard. Like I was very disrespectful to Thomas in a lot of ways and I had to repent from that and kind of ask Thomas for forgiveness too. And so we got into our marriage. We worked through a lot of those struggles, finding a home church, trying to find out where God wanted us. And eventually God called me to leave my job at TJ Maxx. And so I put in my two, my two weeks notice and I started working with my husband and his a small business and we started working together and around that time we decided that we were going to start trying for a baby and we uh, uh, tried and we ended up getting pregnant right away and I've talked about this in another podcast which is up if you want to listen to it it's called uh, my journey uh, my miscarriage story we ended up having a miscarriage and for us in our relationship and in our lives that miscarriage was a huge huge Uh, blow for us. It caused a lot of heartache and a lot of hurt and a lot of sorrow. And by the grace of God, we received a lot of healing, but also transformation through that. God really changed Thomas and I and our hearts and really transformed us through that experience and drew us even closer to him in that. And so we went through the miscarriage and went through everything of that and found ourselves transformed yet again again and then we end up getting pregnant having charles and then we ended up getting pregnant a second time after charles and having benjamin and so now what i oh, went up so here we are i'm all the way here mom of two kids you know a husband an incredible testimony of god's faithfulness in our lives and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for all of it. <laughs> Benjamin, hi. So here I am looking back on my testimony and my life and my whole entire story of my testimony. Because really my testimony comes up to now, to this very day, to this very moment of how God has sustained me. Oh, hi, Benjamin. Do you want a cracker? And I want to tell that part, too, of where we're at now and where God has called us to now in our walk in Christ. Because I think sometimes we just tell the salvation part of things 
And we don't tell the next part of where God has called us to after that. And it can be really kind of just like, okay, this was the day God saved me and then like abruptly done and over with. But I want to include a little bit of the after too, because God's not done with me yet. My testimony is not done yet. And looking back on my story, I could tell you a lot of things. I could tell you a lot of horrible extra experiences that I had had. I could tell you a lot of different things that I experienced through that walk that could have devastated us. But looking back on my life, God was just so faithful. God never abandoned me in the hard moments. He never left me in my despair, but he worked through every season of my life to refine me and refine my heart and bring my heart closer to him. And growing up with parents that had a very difficult marriage, that could have very easily been my future as well. I could have easily brought those things into my marriage, but surrendering to God and his will for my life and understanding that the pain in my life had a purpose and just seeing the glory God brought through my story and now looking at my husband, looking at the wonderful in-laws I have, it's just a huge answer to the prayers that I prayed all those years. I always ask God, like, why did you give me this family? Why did you give me such a broken home? And in a lot of ways, God has revealed to me that if I had had this perfect life, if I had had a perfect mom and dad, if I had had a perfect mom, I wouldn't have desperately clinged to the promises of God like I did all those years because I could have walked away. I could have been like, life is so easy. Like, I don't need God. But every second of my life, I was like, I need God to get through this. There's no way I'm going to get through my life without God. And God was just so faithful and I can see all throughout my life just evidence of God working and God not abandoning me. And in those seasons, it was really hard to see that, but God never left. And so that's my testimony story, guys. That is how I became a Christian, and that is how I accepted him in my life, and that's how he has worked in my life since then. And just all praise and all glory goes to God. God used my situation for his good, and now I get to use every moment for his glory, and praise God for that. And so that's my testimony, guys. I know it was a long one, lots of details. I am very long-winded, but I hope that you could be encouraged by my story and encouraged that you can come from really dark places and God can use your story for his glory. I think a lot of the times that we are hopeless and feeling like we are too broken, too shattered, that we come with too much baggage and that God can't possibly redeem our brokenness, but God found me in my brokenness and God redeemed my story and God can redeem your story too. Sorry, it's like hard not to cry telling this because when I look back, I just see the goodness of God. And whatever your story is, no matter how dark, no matter how broken, God can redeem your story too. So I just want to pray over you today. If you're feeling lost or broken or like God can't use your testimony, I just want to pray for you today. Dear God, I just pray for the person that's listening to the story that feels like their story cannot be redeemed, that their story cannot be brought for your glory. I just pray that you would show them that you have never left them, that you have never forsaken them, and that you are knitting a story that is perfect for them, and that you can redeem 
their brokenness that they can hand you their lives that they can trust you with their story and their heart and that you can redeem their story and that you have redeemed your story by dying on the cross for their sins i just pray for anyone that has not trusted god today that they would trust in you today and accept you into their hearts and just know that you are the perfect person to trust with their lives and their stories and that you have a perfect plan for them and that you love them so much god So thank you, God, for your redemption. Thank you that you died on the cross for us. And thank you, God, that you still walk with me every day of my testimony. So thank you, God, for your goodness and for redeeming me and redeeming my broken story and using it for your glory and for dying for my sins, God. I'm just so appreciative of you paying the ultimate sacrifice so that I could find life in you, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for sticking through it and for listening to my testimony today. I would love to hear your testimony and hear your story of where you're at and where you've come from. I love hearing stories because I think that they are so amazing to listen to the redemption and healing that God brings into our lives. So if you want to tell me your redemption story, your testimony, I'd love to hear it. You can find me over on Instagram at Refined Purpose. Find me over there, send me a message, and I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear your heart and how uh, you are doing in your life. So follow me over there, guys, and I will see you guys next week. Have a great week, guys. Bye.